now it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, Hop Along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Real Radio brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Main or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Real Radio, the best stop on your radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Hey, thank you for that introduction, Mark Larson and Southern California. Welcome again to another Sunday edition of Rod and Reel Radio. I am indeed your underfished host, Hop Along, John Cassidy, and it is a pleasure to have you all come out and hang with us tonight. I think we're going to make it worth your while, tear you away from that television screen for a little bit. Come on over and get some facts and information that you can use in this coming week. We've got a great show lined up for you tonight. I think it's going to be fast-paced. Let me give you a little idea who's going to be with us. First of all, Dwayne Pontenau from the San Diego Anglers is going to be with us uh, a little change, of course, for the Bay Bass Tournament this year. Dwayne's going to come aboard, tell us all about it and what happened and what we can expect in the next week. And then after Dwayne, the California Director for the Coastal Conservation Association, Wayne Cotto, will be with us. There's been a big appointment in Washington that you guys are going to want to know about, and also a pretty major appointment in L.A. that you're going to want to know about it. So Wayne's <laughs> going to come aboard, and he's going to let everybody know. And then at 545, the managing partner and owner of the Ranger 85, Frank Usetti, is going to be with us. And Frank's going to talk a little bit about what's happening down to the boat docks, what's happening down south, and how does this weather maybe affect the fishing in the upcoming months. So Dwayne will be with us. And then at 6 o'clock, we've got a unique guest. He is the owner, operator, and the designer for Hookup Baits, Mr. Chad Gerlich. Chad's going to be with us. If you have not heard about Hookup Gates, you're going to want to hear all about it. They're a rather unique design. They're something that you don't see on the market right now. Uh, they're taking the fishing industry by storm. You can use them for trout. You can use them for bluefin tuna. We're going to want to hear all about it. That's at 6 o'clock when Chad Gerlich from Hookup Bates comes aboard with us. But before we get to our first guest, let me introduce to you the co-host for Rod and Reel Radio. First, this gentleman is the voice of 1-800-BASSBOAT and a pretty darn good angler in his own right. Stan Vandenberg. Stan, howdy, guy. How you doing, John? Howdy, everybody. Well, I've been fixing everything this whole week has been all about pulling everything out of the boat, out of the bass boat, and putting new line on all 100 rods, <laughs> whatever <laughs> I've got to do, and getting ready for the new season that starts next weekend here, the first tournament's next week. So well, that, and then trying to figure out, I've done a big study on which tires to put on that truck 
for wet weather and slick uh, uh, launch ramps and uh, which, which ones are going to do the best job for me. So it's, it's been quite a good week already. Well, I, uh, I I would imagine you'd want good tires out here with the weather that you've been seeing up in the uh, northwestern part of the San Fernando Valley there because everywhere has been getting wet. And this is a good time to check out all your gear to make sure that everything is working correctly because if you're venturing out on the road, you don't want tires especially that are bald. Well, you know, I mean, right now, we haven't had rain for a long while here in California, so nobody really thinks about it. When, you want, when you're looking for something that's a tread that's one that's sticky, uh, won't slip and slide on you, it won't, the tire won't roll when you're going around t- corners and you need traction, I mean, there's a lot of things that go into tires, and, and especially if you're pulling a boat, um, it becomes a bigger deal than that because, you, you, there's, you know, the launch ramps and getting in and out of the water, uh, you're always on windy roads with a boat going back and forth to Salt Lake. So right, there's well, things that you just got to consider. And you know, I've, I've done my uh, my homework. I know where I'm going, and I yep. know which one's the best for me, or at least, or for for our situations for uh, trucks or or you know, just something like your SUVs that you can pull a, a boat with. So. Well, Stan, we'll probably have a little time to talk about that closer to the last make segment of the show because that's really going to be useful information for right now. But let me get to introduce my other co-host for Ron Real Radio. She always has great traction no matter where she goes. <laughs> she is the national sales manager for Iserline, and when it comes to outdoors, she is indeed one of the top female outdoor enthusiast in the Southern California area, Miss Wendy Toshiharo. Wendy, howdy. Howdy. I'm getting ready to deploy kayaks right now. Oh, my gosh. It's a <laughs> river out here. <laughs> but uh, um, I'm actually, after we get off uh, off the, the radio show today, I am going to get my gear ready because it looks like I am going to be joining you guys fishing the Baybass Tournament on Saturday. Nice. Oh, all right. Well, hey, well, you're going to get the opportunity to do that, and there were some circumstances that allowed a lot of people to fish it that maybe wouldn't be able to fish it. Let's talk to the guy, though, that made the decision to do exactly what happened there. He is uh, the fellow from the San Diego Anglers that puts the whole Bay Bass Tournament together. He and a a cast of thousands, Mr. Dwayne Pontenau. Dwayne, welcome to the show, sir. Thank you very much, and hello to everybody. Well, hello to you. Hey, uh, Dwayne, it was rather obvious this past week if people thought that there was never any winter here in Southern California. All they had to kind (laughs) of do was look out the door. And winter seemed to affect what happened to this year's Bay Bass Tournament. So give us a a little bit of idea of, of just what happened as we were getting closer and closer to Saturday, and, and what decision-making you guys made regarding the tournament? Well, you know, for the first 21 years we've been doing this tournament in the middle of winter, we've been very, very lucky. We've dodged a lot of bullets where it uh, rained a little bit before on Friday and rained on Sunday, but with these uh, with these great uh, weather predictors now, um, uh, we sat down and we looked where it was going to be really, really windy on Friday afternoon through Saturday morning, and Mike Cazelli, the other co-chairman, informed me that the um, 
the tent people, you know, we put up about a 7,000 square foot event tent out wow. down for the event, and um, they would not put it up in those windy conditions there. They'd be afraid that um, before it got um, uh, uh, tied down to the ground that the wind gusts would pick that giant uh, tent up and, and it would go flying down the parking lot or into the bay, so they refused. They have thresholds that they have to abide by, and they, so they refuse to put the tent up on Friday. And we said, holy smokes, we don't have a chance. Uh, we can't have a tournament. So we had a little committee meeting, and uh, very quickly we decided that we were going to, for the first time in the history of the tournament, postpone it due to weather conditions there. Well, so, wait, um, we go got on. a committee of uh, club members together the following night, and we called all 200 and some anglers that night. It, 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 we had a, quite a house full of people making phone calls, but we got everything done about the 8.30 at night. The next day I called all the sponsors that were involved. Uh, we sent out a Facebook blast, an email blast, and we hoped that we reached all of the, um, the participants. So I, I guess we did because I didn't get any calls on Saturday morning saying, where is the fishing tournament? So I guess we reached everybody that we needed to reach. Dwayne, I got to tell you, I I did have a fella come into the shop here. He goes, uh, what the heck happened? I went down there expecting not to be able to find a parking spot and people all over the place, boats, fish, all kinds of things happening. I got down there. The sun was shining. There was a little bit of breeze, and there wasn't a soul to be had. <laughs> Well, uh, with, uh, I, I don't imagine it was a participant. It was probably just somebody coming down to join the party. I am hoping that's what it was. <laughs> well, you guys had one heck of an ordeal taken and slamming the brakes down on this thing, and it was probably like Thursday morning or and then getting a hold of everybody, not only the participants, the sponsors, uh, you know, all the press that you had uh, uh, sent out. This was an unprecedented thing that you did and i know i've run tournaments in the past and i'm always going man what if it rains what if it wind windy are we going to send them out we're going to have to cancel are we going to have to delay them that was one heck of a decision to make but judging by the way the wind blew on friday afternoon here down in san diego and i'm sure it was that way on the coast uh, uh yeah. you made absolutely and positively the correct call I, just out of curiosity, I went down to a point Loma Shelter on there uh, Friday afternoon when they would have been putting the tents up, and it was blowing easy 30 miles an hour on San Diego Bay. It was a two- to three-foot short chop uh, with the wind blowing the tops off the waves, and it would, it would have been impossible to have a, a fishing tournament any kind of weather like that. And then... Um, um, uh, it, it was supposed to uh, continue like that into Saturday morning, and there's, there's just no way we could have kayaks and a lot of the small boats that we have out on the tournament there. So I think we did make the right decision. I hope we don't have to do that again. You know, what takes me months to put together, we had to unwind and put it back together in about two to three days. So um, it was quite the, the, the monster effort by the people that were involved in the fishing club that helped me do that there. Wayne, when you have that many people coming to an event uh, like you have, especially the number of participants, and people actually schedule uh, their schedules around your event, and everyone was, you know, targeting January the 21st, inevitably there's some people going to be dropping out because they've got plans for the next weekend. 
uh, that means that you probably now have room for some people to come in and enter. So the question is, is that the case, and can people still enter for the event coming on up on the 28th? You are correct. We had uh, on the phone calls that night, we had five or six people that had to drop out, drop out mostly due to uh, uh, um, uh, work, uh, work commitments there. But um, uh, on the flip side there, I think we picked up 10 or 12 that had to have, uh, had commitments on the 21st that actually could fish on the 28th. So it was a, it was a net plus for us uh, getting people in, in, into the tournament there. And yeah, there's still, there's still room you have until uh, tomorrow night to uh, get a hold of me to get into the tournament there. That's our, that's our cutoff uh, Monday night. And uh, if you go to our website, so San Diego Bank. Yeah, go on. So Diego Dwayne, Angler so some, yes? So someone like me who is filling in, I'm going to be fishing with Pat McDonald, and I'm filling in for <laughs> his <Good> partner. <laughs> he can't make it. And so for someone like me, what I need? What do I need to do? Do I need to download the app and then fax it to that's, you or take a picture and send it to you? That's correct. That's, it's as easy as that. Just uh, tell us that there's a change in partner. Um, uh, give us the name and the email address and then fill out the, uh, the release of liability. Send that information to me, and I'll get it to Debbie Cazelli, and she'll get it all changed for um, the check-in in the morning and the... Um, in the in the way in in the afternoon, so all the all so the database is correct for the the way in there. So it's, it's pretty simple. Change of partners are very common the last couple of days of the event. Very so, common. so uh, Dwayne, uh, uh, as far as it goes, uh, the only thing that has changed is the date, the show up is time, the, the blast off time, the way in times, uh, the time to start eating, uh, you know, the time to start partying. Those things have all for the most part, pretty much stayed the same. Everything stayed the same. The only thing that's changing is the uh, is the date and the weather. It's predicted to be like a five-mile-an-hour slight Santa Ana winds next Saturday there, so it's going to be completely different what we're looking at this weekend here. Well, you know, Dwayne, I, I know that uh, normally you blast off uh, when it's safe light, but when do you suggest that teams should start assembling, especially on the launch ramp the way it is, when you have, you know, well over 100 teams trying to launch at one time, that uh, can be a little bit of a logistical problem. Yes, it can. So uh, we don't start putting the boats in the water till about uh, 4.30 in the morning. We've got two lines going. It goes relatively quickly. we got the, uh, the same crew getting the boats in the water. We have people on the dock helping, uh, helping you dock your boat there. So it goes relatively quickly. So, um you know, there's some people that can't sleep at night. They're so excited about the tournament. They'll show up at midnight and get in the line there. And um, um, But uh, if you start getting there, it's uh, oh, 04 to 4.30 in the morning. Um, it's not that long of a wait, and we'll get you in the water as quick as possible. It takes us about an hour and 15 minutes, an hour and 20 minutes to get everybody in the water. And as soon as it's safe light, uh, we let everybody go. You know, we want to let people know that there are a slew of people that this is the only competition that they fish the entire year because this is an open bay bass tournament and it isn't geared for the avid angler or or anything like that. It is geared for the everyday guy that fishes with his buddy to go out there, try to catch fish, to have the excitement of being in a little bit of competition, to 
to fish for something that really gives you that extra edge and to go out there, have a good time. And number one, when you fish this tournament, you're actually donating to a great cause, too. Yes, we are. And, and you're right. I mean, we have a lot of hot sticks that fish the tournament, but I think the field is so big and there's a little bit of luck involved in the tournament now that we've uh, we've got it down to three fish per team. All it takes is one good-sized fish and then two average fish, and it, it puts you up into the, into, into the paying categories there. Everybody thinks that people like Dennis or Eddie or Bill Schaefer are going to win the tournament every year, but that's not the case. They have won it in the past, and, and but uh, last year it was um, the Israel brothers. You know, they've been steadily working their way up in the standings there, and and they did very well. They did very well, and they won the tournament, uh, sticking to a game plan. But then, again, we have the top 25. A couple months later, we invite the top 25 teams back. One more time, $1,500 on the table, and uh, we'll go for it uh, again in San Diego Bay with only 25 teams. And um, uh, they, they were the, they were the, they were the odds-on favorite to win that, um, that, that uh, top 25, but they did not. All right. I think this is a pretty equal opportunities tournament. Like you said, three fish, anybody can make a cast and catch a big one on any point in time. I mean, that's the beauty of this thing. Uh, Everybody's got a shot at it. Everybody has a shot at it. Yes, uh, Jack Hawthorne from Hawthorne Machining used to fish the tournament, and he won it one year. They they were racing south towards San Diego Bay, and um, their their meter lit up on a bait ball, and they on the bass boat around on it, and um, they picked off a five-nice fish. He said he never got another fish the rest of the day, and they won the tournament on that lucky bait ball that they run over uh, racing down the middle of the channel. There. I'll well, take that they, any day. If Jack Cawthorn can win a tournament, it goes to show you that even a blind squirrel can find a nut, <laughs> that's for sure. Hey, uh, we're, we're a little over time over here, Dwayne, but... I just want to remind people that I'm sure uh, the bait and tackle stores here in San Diego have entry forms, but if you are up in the Southern California area, anywhere where you can't get an entry form, do as Wendy did and download an entry form and get it to you. And, Dwayne, how's the best way to go about doing that? Go to the website, sandiegoanglers.com. Go to the tournaments tab, click on that, and then download the information. And my contact uh, information is there. Just get a hold of me either by email or telephone, and we'll make it happen. We'll absolutely make it happen as quick as possible. It's All right. Easy. Dwayne Potnow from the uh, San Diego Anglers on the uh, 22nd Annual Bay Bass Tournament. Thanks for being with us, Wayne. Hey, I hope we get a chance to check with you next week to find out who won this thing, because that'll be exciting. Uh, I'll do that, John. I'll be on the radio show. All right. Hey, uh, we're going to take a break right now, but coming up next, the uh, California Director for the Coastal Conservation Association. He's going to be with us, Wayne Cotto, to tell us what's happening with the CCA. Wendy and I and Stan will be back after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford 
know is trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect. Finally, a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at El Cajon Ford. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specially heat treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. 2015 and 16, Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your bait casters, the PTA design has the new PTXA frame, lighter, stronger, bone crushing drag, Quantum Fishing. We are performance tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619-466-8355. It's a big deal, you know. I've always wanted to be on Rod and Reel Radio Line. <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfilled my dream. <laughs> that is just absolutely awesome. Stan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to Rod and Reel Radio. Hey, now it's really my pleasure to introduce to you the uh, California Director for the Coastal Conservation Association. Some people know it as a CCA. He's got a few announcements to make, and I've got to find out, too, how I re-up for the association, because my membership is due. Let's don't uh, take any further time to introduce Mr. Wayne Cotto. Wayne, how you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing well, guys. How are you guys all doing tonight? Excellent. Nice to hear you, Hey, Wayne, this past week uh, uh, you sent out a, a, a note with regards to an appointment that was made that was pretty important and wanted all the members to know and all the anglers throughout Southern California. And then there was also kind of another appointment made that we want to recognize. So you've got it, sir. What happened? Well, we were we have a great news that John Bellotti, who is the uh, 
president of the L.A. chapter of CCA California, as well as he's on the executive committee for CCA State, he got appointed to the Marine Protected Area Federal Advisor Committee. He is one of 20 people and only two of the recreation, representing the recreational anglers. So this is a very, very big uh, deal, knowing that CCA Cal is, again, making a difference, gaining influence. Uh, this is under the Secretary of Commerce for Oceans and At- Atmospheric uh, uh, with NOAA. So this is a four-year term of only 20 people in the nation that get to affect at that level. So this wow. is a huge win for us. Wow. You That's know, great. You know, Wayne, what type of policy? I mean, this is a, a whole mouthful, the Marine Protected Areas Federal Advisory Committee. What type of work does this organization do for the everyday fishermen like us out here? So everybody knows that we had the MPAs, the Marine Protected Areas, enacted through the MLMA process here in California. What people may not realize is that this actually is a national effort, too. So under the Department of Commerce, which is where NOAA represents, uh, there's an advisory committee to the Secretary directly that states, hey, how does all of this work together to all the different areas of the nation to set the higher-level policy for what happens with the environmental areas, all of the fishing areas, all the protection that that they want to do under the MPA Act. So this is very important that we have influence now at the federal level, you know, and then we just had gotten um, Mark Gorelnik onto the Pacific Fisheries Management Council, which is the level below that, which is the regional uh, management council. So this is great that we have now two of those areas, you know, covered, and now there's actually a third coming up, which is the nominations for the Marine Fisheries Advisory Committee, which is MAFAC, which reports to NOAA, and that those nominations are coming in uh, and due on the February 6th. So here it is. We have opportunities for CCA Cal to make a real big difference in national, you know, the federal level, the, the regional level, and then we're going to hopefully start working down on the state and local level. Well, speaking of the state level, Wayne, you've also uh, uh, gained a, a little prestige with uh, uh, that organization there with uh, a new member coming aboard. You, you want to introduce them to our audience? Well, Mr. Stan Vandenberg actually has just been accepted into the L.A. chapter of CCA Cal. He's on the board of directors for them. Thank you, Stan. Yay. Well, you're, you're real welcome. You know, it was one of those things where, uh, I was twisted at my arm until I couldn't take it anymore, and I said, yes. That is a great group of people on that L.A. chapter board. John Velotti has done such a good job pulling together representatives from all areas of the fishing community, which is exactly what we want to do in all of our local chapters. And adding stand to it is just another example of that. Well, uh, Stan, did Wendy have to come over there and put a headlock on you in, in order to get you there? <laughs> yeah. you? Well, only a, it only took a few lashes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have to use too much pressure. You know, oh. after, after I've, I mean, Wendy and I go way the heck and gone back. You know, I was looking at the records uh, just on my resume because I, I, I just came across it for bass fishing and or fishing in the in general, and in 97 is when I, I 
October of 97 is where my my first radio show was with uh, Captain Ron Baker. And soon after that, I met Wendy and asked her to be a part of this, and I watched Wendy just grow and go and do great things. So when she got in, on uh, C, the CCA program and was doing things to, to help along with all of the malfunctions we've had, it was pretty impressive. And then when uh, some of the guys that I work and fish with, uh, both the ocean and freshwater, you know, we're talking about how important this is. And I was contacted by Dick Schaefer and some other people and said, you know, you we could use you. And I said, if they think that I can help, I'm all in. So, you know, Wendy, you set a good standard for me, girl. Congratulations. <laughs> hey, Wendy, tell Stan as uh, uh, a new coming on uh, member of uh, the board of directors, uh, what are the types of things that you are doing to try to make a difference in the uh, L.A. area and on a statewide basis? You know, it's really important to stay engaged. Um, every single one of our members and people who aren't even members but, you know, love uh, recreational fishing needs to stay engaged and to participate in the meetings. Um, but as far as Stan is concerned, there's so much that, that needs to be done. I mean, we've got all these different committees, and he'll be, he'll be on his own committee in his own chapter. But, um, I mean, there's, we have, as far as um, the, the state goes, I'm, I'm the chair um, person for the Artificial Reef uh, Committee. And coming up soon, Wayne and I have been working with the department, and we're going to start having scoping meetings uh, for our artificial reefs. So hopefully we can get that going and people can participate. We also have the halibut um, rootstock program that we're doing right now. They can participate in that and help out. And even with the white sea bass, which has already been established, they can help out with that. I know Huntington Beach, Huntington Harbor needs help with the uh, grow-out pens. So, I mean, there's so many things people can can do. They just need to ask. Step on up and ask us. You know, we're, we have uh, Captain Ron Baker scheduled for next uh, Sunday night, and Captain Ron was involved in, in helping uh, get some of that initial brood stock. And here's a fellow that's been out catching halibut for how long, and I can't tell you how excited Captain Ron was to be a part of that program. And we'll be probably talking about that more next Saturday night. But Wayne, let me ask you this. Uh, uh, my membership is uh, is coming due, and uh, I know that you probably have some events coming on up, both in uh, here in Southern California, that maybe if we want to not only come up and renew, but we want to bring some of our friends in and be a part of the CCA. Uh, what are some of the dates coming on up that you can tell us about? Well, well, you just had Dwayne Pat now on the on the phone uh, and on the show, and he's got the San Diego Bay Bass tournament now postponed till next weekend. We'll have a table there and be ready to sign people up. We'll be at the Pacific Coast Sport Fishing Festival in February 17 through 19. That's coming up quickly. We'll be there with a the table. We'll be at all of the Fred Hall shows in, from Long Beach to Bakersfield and down to San Diego. And at the Long Beach and San Diego show, we'll have the uh, the deal that we always have uh, at the entry where you get the coupon book, you get the entry, and uh, you get uh, other opportunities uh, to win some things, all with our package deal. Well, and then at that, after that, in April, we'll be at the Day at the Docks. And then yeah. new this year, we're going to have uh, the, this new Kayak Bay tournament, which is uh, Battle of the Bays. So on May 6th in Mission Bay and June 10th in Santa Monica Bay, 
we'll be having a, two tournaments. And at, at any of our events that we show up for, you can always sign up. And if nothing else, go online and sign up at ccacalifornia.org. All right. And just give us an idea about where our memberships go and anything above and beyond the initial membership fee. What happens to that, Dwayne? So what we try to do is uh, the, the annual memberships are $30. We try to take anything over the $30 and try to leave it in the state to help with the state funding of, of events and uh, programs and lobbying. Uh, we have lifetime memberships starting at $1,000, uh, and we get 954 of that back to the state. The rest goes to National that fund their programs and the membership uh, program itself uh, from National. Uh, every member gets their annual or the uh, Tide magazine every other month. They get uh, access to the system. It helps with our artificial reef program. It helps with all of our lobbying because we have full-time lobbyists nationally in, in Washington and lawyers. So that's why we are so strong and so, so uh, networked at the national level uh, because we have so many good uh, people working with us. But that's, uh, you know, it, we have all these opportunities for people to come out and help us to join with us, to work with us, you know, Stan on his level. Man, I hope that Stan picks up the phone and just hits the speed dial for half of those people he knows and gets them to join. Because right there we'll probably double our membership just with Stan's help alone. You know, uh, uh, unfortunately with the way things have gone here in the Southern California area, there are so many issues that you can be addressing at one time. It's hard to put your hand on just one of them, but – in this upcoming season, uh, 2017, what are some of the main concerns that you're really going to be focusing on this uh, year, uh, Wayne? Well, you guys probably figured that the number one is going to be this issue with the Bluefin ESA, the Endangered Species Act, because it was uh, the petition was filed back in June of 2016, and National Fisheries uh, Management Service has to co- uh, make a decision whether to list it or not by June of 2017. So we'll be all on board with that, seeing how that plays out, which there's a meeting coming up uh, the day before uh, the first Fred Hall show in Long Beach. It'll be in, uh, there's a meeting in Long Beach to, to go over with NOAA or NIMS to talk about the uh, issues outstanding with that department. Uh, other issues that we're looking at are always the stock assessments, which kind of drives what uh, happened with this bluefin issue. Uh, and that's coming up. Groundfish is on the board with the Pacific Fisheries Management Council on the way that they do their stock assessment, uh, the methodology. Um, the uh, International Tropical Tuna Commission that meets here in San Diego is coming up, and that's going to be important because it also drives towards what's going on with the, the conservation efforts of the tuna in general, uh, you know, in the eastern Pacific, which is our area. Um, and then we got Pacific Fisheries Management Council that meets five times a year, which we'll be watching. Uh, on top of all of that, we're always keeping on top of the MLMA effort. There's an amendment call coming up in February. The Fish and Game Commission meets uh, like every other month, and we'll be on board with everything that they're doing at those meetings. Uh, it's never-ending, guys. It's, there's so <laughs> many things that we can always use more people to help us to cover all of these events, uh, Fish and Game Commission locally, the Department of Fish and Wildlife, the Marine uh, Resource Committee. There's meetings going on every week somewhere that we can always use more help in covering. 
Wayne, where can we go to find out more about the uh, Coastal Conservation Association, uh, some of the things that you're doing, and also to sign up? Because I've got to tell you that uh, Tide Magazine that I get for my membership, it is chock full of information, not only what's happening in different regions throughout the United States, but also locally here. There's usually a, a local element and uh, just exactly uh, what the CCA is all about. Where uh, where can people go to get this information and to sign up to support CCA? You can go to our website at ccacalifornia.org. That's the California website. And if you want to go straight to the national website, it's joincca.org. All right. Wayne Cotto, he is the California Director for the Coastal Conservation Association. Wayne, thanks a lot for checking with us, and I hope we can get a hold of you from time to time, or you get a hold of us when there is an issue coming on up that you want our listeners to know about. Absolutely. Glad to do it. Thank you guys for uh, helping us all out. All right. All right, Wayne. And congratulations, Stan. Thank you, my friend. I look forward to being a part of this. See you you tomorrow. And going forward here. <laughs> hey, we're going to take a break right now. Uh, coming up next, Captain Franker said he's going to be with us. We're going to talk a little bit about what's happening uh, at the landings and uh, what's happening with the fishing when we get weather like that. Stay tuned. There's lots more Ron Real, Real Radio to come, but we got to take a break right now. We'll be back after these messages. Amber Marine has been servicing boats and outboard motors for more than 30 years in the Newport Harbor area. They're a factory-authorized dealer for Tohatsu and Nissan outboards and also provide factory-authorized repair and service for all types of marine outboards. Located near the corner of 17th and Placentia Avenue, Amber Marine is at 786 Newton Way in Costa Mesa. Affordable boating and repair since 1982. 949-646-6918 and on the web at ambermarine.net. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics. McCoy line, Spro products, Gamakatsu hooks, G. Loomis fishing rods, Shimano products, Ovet reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal tackle store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their products. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. 
Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rock Lease at your local fishing tackle dealer. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. Hey, now it's my pleasure to introduce to you the managing partner and owner of H&M Landing and owner-operator of uh, the Ranger 85, Captain Frank Ursetti. Captain Frank, how you doing today, sir? John, hey, good evening. Thanks for having me on the show. Stan, Wendy, how are you? Good, 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 my friend. Wendy? Staying dry. Yeah. Hey, Captain Frank, I, I know we uh, asked you to come on and start giving us reports on what's happening at the landing. One could only imagine that this might have been a tad bit of a slow week out there. Did any of the boats get a chance to get on out? <laughs> yeah, we were busy this week, actually, John. Everybody was down there just battening down the hatches and throwing an extra line on. It's been a challenging week for because of weather. Um you know, the guys had uh, last weekend as we were as we were wrapping up the show. Um, you know, it was a little challenging for those guys who were fishing down at Colnet last weekend. Um, we had uh, Mike on the Relentless finished up at two and a half. They made it back to the dock Monday morning, uh, so they had an extra day on that fish down there. Again, not scoring real well on the game fish, but super quality ground fishing for them on that trip as well. And then. Seemed like as the week wore on, the weather started coming up, and it's been a it's been a tough one as far as any production for any of the boats in the San Diego fleet this week. Oh man! Well, you know, wait, uh, uh, Frank. One of the things I've always thought, uh, you know, we're sitting here at the dock and we're ready to go on out, and you know, we've got clear skies, uh, maybe a full moon. It looks like it's great, and Skipper comes aboard and he says, "Hey, guys." Uh, Going out to San Clemente ain't going to be the thing to do. Uh, we're going to go down south. Uh, how, how do you know what's happening 65, 75 miles offshore when there aren't boats or anything like that happening out there that you can make kind of a judgment on where to go at a particular time? John, that's a great question, and it all comes down to local knowledge and experience. Uh, all the boats at H&M Landing, can't think of a green guy on any one of the boats have all been at it for a long long time decade plus um and when you when you get all the way up there and you start talking about say the taft brothers oh my gosh i probably shouldn't even go into how long they've been at it but (laughs) i think they they were navigators on the ark weren't they (laughs) he was i i think that chuck was chuck was a pinhead and bobby was a navigator exactly so (laughs) I, i think that I think that there's absolutely Chuck's going to kill me if he's listening to the show tonight. Well, especially uh, now that you just called him a pinhead. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he's going to, I'll tell you what, he's going to be lined up at the door in the morning. I'll tell you that. But there's, no, there's no substitute for decades of experience and local knowledge, and it, and it really comes from just that, from, from days, uh, uh, months, years on the water, and a guy knows exactly what he can expect with that type of condition. And then, of course, nowadays, too, we have so much information available at our fingertips before we get underway and when we are underway that we can make 
a sound judgment, a good call, if you will, uh, based on conditions, especially like what like we have right now with ever changing conditions. This this last front that's coming through has been, I think it's been pushed up by about another ten hours here. Um, it, it's moving through and will move through quicker than originally forecast. So we have a variety of tools available at any given time to better forecast than we ever have in my time in the industry and i've been at it for about 40 years so but certainly local knowledge there's no substitute for that in years of experience you know i and i got to give even the young guys that that are on the water now that have been working with the boats and they now become skippers uh, because there's a lot of new guys that that are owners and uh and captains of the boats that are down in San Diego, and and you got to give them credit; they've made some really great calls this year. I mean, I watched numbers where they pop up where guys aren't catching them someplace, and go, you know, we're going to bust a move and find them again. And they did they did just that with with the information, like you're saying. You know, you can get on online, you can pull up the information on currents and temperatures, and and even see where current breaks may be to move to that kind of stuff. And they've done a great job. Uh, with just that, I mean, if you've never been on a, any of these, you know, multi-day trips and, and had a chance to sit with the, the captains and actually watch what they do and how they go about making decisions, it's pretty pretty incredible. It's one thing to be good at reading the lake, but when you're on the ocean, that's a different that's a different ball of wax out there. When you're trying to read what's going on and where these fish may go, that's that's a big wide open book. Oh, you're, you're right, Stan. There's an incredible amount of strategy that goes into to any given trip. I don't care if it's a, a half-day, a three-quarter-day, or multi-day trip. Uh, just thinking of, you know, from my own experience with my own schedule and the trips that we operate on board the Ranger 85, before you get underway, a guy's just got his head to the screen, and you're looking at, you know, temperature breaks. You're looking at historical satellite imagery of water, so you can get an idea of how it's trending, which way it's moving. If you've been fishing a certain break for several days, you can look at historical data and just see exactly which way that water's pushing. Of course, when you're out on it every day, you have a good idea, but it's incredible to, to be able to lay it out on a screen and physically see it. it. It makes it so much easier, and it makes it so much more accurate for the operator to strategize and know where you want to land up first thing in the morning. And, of course, all that relates to success for our customers. Well, you've got a young guy that runs your boat for you, too, and, and, and he's pretty doggone good. Absolutely. Robert Gray, is uh, he's super, super savvy. He's real fishy, and and for sure. I mean, he, uh, he makes good use of, of all the tools that are available to him today that we have on board the boat. Um, and then some. He's a he's a very very instinctual fisherman. He does he does an excellent excellent job. Well, his dad. I fished against his dad in the bass tournaments. I've known him since he was a kid. But he's a good he's a fishy guy. He is, and I appreciate you for for recognizing that he is. He certainly certainly is. It was a uh, it was a big jump up for him to uh, to take over the Ranger eighty five this summer. As I was riding the desk catching limits up in the office, I. Um, I, I stuck him behind the wheel of the Ranger, and he's done nothing but good. He's just, in fact, I just got off the phone with him before uh, before we before I uh, got on the show, and uh, he's actually down at the boat right now, throwing a couple extra lines on it. They've got a lot of things up there in, in Channel Islands right now, so I don't think I was his favorite guy tonight. <laughs> you know, uh, Captain Frank, the past few winters, I think we've been kind of spoiled down here because. 
we didn't get the big storms, it seemed like, uh, coming down uh, from the north that we normally get on our patterns, and it seemed like the fish stayed around for a long time, and we were able to go out to the, the banks and fish bluefin and everything, but we've really had some major pushes now come from the north, uh, more classical type of weather patterns. Uh, uh, what do you think uh, you know, this weather is going to do when it affects our, our fishing here locally and then down the Baja coast? You know, There's a question. We touched, we, we, yeah, we touched on that last weekend, and before the show tonight, I was just sort of glancing around at temps, and I don't know if you've looked at anything lately, Stan. I, I was looking, like, out on the banks here um, on the Tanner Cortez. I think the water's about 57. Still, in my opinion, it, it, it for this time of year, we should see that water a little bit cooler. So some of that warmer water is still persisting, although it is tempering fast. Um, same with when I looked up towards the, the West Channel, West Santa Barbara Channel, up towards Conception. That water was still holding at about 56. Usually this time of year we see that a little bit cooler. Even though we're getting these big wind events, which typically will cause massive upwelling, bringing that cooler, bring some of that cooler water up to the surface, turning it over, if you will. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I want to be hopeful that we're going to see more of that going into the spring. Not that I want to have a heavy, windy spring, but if this water is going to roll, we want to see it roll. We want to see it bring those nutrients towards the surface, big, big plankton blooms, which then, of course, will, I feel, bring more of that fin bait in, the whole cycle, if you will. Of course, with that fin bait in there, with that with the anchovy and that smaller fin bait, we're going to hopefully see albacore this year. So Wouldn't that be great? Well, look at the fingers. push. If you were looking at, I mean, I just kind of keep tabs a little bit, but we have a little bit of a push from that northern, if you want to call it, wind and rain that's been coming across California up there. It's actually affected the water up north and pushed a lot more cold water up against the bank. So. Uh, it, that's, I think, maybe going to help us with that endeavor that uh, we haven't seen that for quite a while. So maybe we'll see that, Albacore. We're keeping our fingers crossed. I'm, yeah. I'm remaining ever optimistic. Well, that's all we can do, you, you know, but we have, we've got a little different pattern than we've had for years, so it, it's, uh, we got a shot. That's about all I can say. So, right. uh, Captain right. Frank, you're basically saying that with these storms coming through that we can't get out right now and fish the fish we want to fish, that these clouds actually have a, a silver lining. And by producing the updwelling and, and the mixture of water and the plankton coming on up where it is uh, nourishing the bait fish that these fish come on in, that it's really going to be something that hopefully will be benefiting us down the line, not necessarily immediately. Well, I don't. Again, it's 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 tough. I have I can't recall ever having a real banner or a boomer of an albacore year without having the benefit of a wet winter. So we're on track. We certainly yep. um, we certainly are far more wet than we have been in seven years. Um, it's not a it's not a deluge of a winter yet, but. It's stacking. It's starting. We definitely have laid the foundation. So, I, when you want to talk about silver linings, we're we're getting there. We're we're at least uh, we're silver plated right now. So let's keep our fingers crossed that we end up with a solid brick. 
Well, you know, the, some of the years where we had the most snow in the Sierras were good years for albacore fishing. That was one of the things when I was a kid I used to make note of that. So we've had the biggest, the most rain and the most snow we've had in January ever uh, up in the Sierras. So I'm I'm crossing my fingers. You know, you just you don't know that fishery, but it would be fun because there's so many people that never caught one to actually have them come in where we get a shot at them again. You know, that's what I was going to say is that so many people have no idea and who have never caught an albacore. And right now, after all these big bluefin, they don't have the gear either. So for, for me, from a sales standpoint, it's going to be great because people are going to need new equipment. They're going to need lighter line, you know. Um, Different rods, rods, smaller reels. <laughs> smaller hooks. Smaller hooks. <laughs> That's a whole lot of finesse, right? So. You know, right. Cap- <laughs> Captain Frank, I know the, uh, the the big consumer shows are coming up here in March with uh, Fred Hall, and some of the people are thinking, well, I'm going to wait until uh, Del Mar or San Diego to talk to the skippers to get my uh, my trips booked. And But with the uh, seasons that we've had for the past couple of years, even if you wait until the shows come up and it seems like trips are a long time into the future, you just may be too late to get the um, the trip that you're looking for or the date that you're looking for. Uh, if people want to look at the boats, look at their schedules uh, to get on them either now or come the prime months uh, of the uh, summer, how's the best way to get about doing that? That's a good, it's a good point to bring up. Um, of course, hmlanding.com. And you can click on the navigation's easy. It's on the left-hand side of the screen, and you can look at every one of the boats in our fleet. Now, all of our multi-day boats have their schedules posted. Um, it's a great time to sit down and really digest each boat's schedule and see what does fit into your schedule, whether it's a whether it's a short trip, um, a one-day, day and a half, a multi-day, two and a half, three and a half, five-day trip, whatever the case may be. Uh, everything is up and online at hmlanding.com. And certainly, you don't want to wait until the show. But show the show time's really great. It's it's a great time to go and and get acquainted with the operators of the boats, the the captains of the boats. But certainly, you stand a much better chance pre-show in getting that exact trip that you want. All right, Captain Frank Ersetti, we appreciate you taking some of your Sunday night to be with us and. Uh, Give us an idea of what's happening down the docks. And I'm, maybe we're going to start calling this segment Dock Talk. I'm not really sure yet. but uh, you know, Not a bad segment. Hey, we, uh, you know, I, I, well, what I like is I like the insight because a lot of times we don't get a chance to see what's happening behind the scene. We show up, pay our fee, get on the boat, go fishing, come on back, uh, process our fish, and we might not be there for another year. So it's always good to see what's happening behind the scenes. And, Frank, we appreciate you giving us the opportunity to do that. Absolutely. I appreciate you having me on. Don't forget, as soon as this uh, this last little front goes through, we've got the Premier Departing Daily, 8 a.m. extended half-day rock fishing. They're fishing across the border in Mexico, passport required. Malahini Departs Daily, 5.30 a.m., Mexico, rock hot, three-quarter day. And, of course, our weekend trips between the Chiefs and the Old Glory, those guys are targeting Colinette, fishing the yellows and the rockfish down there on day-and-a-half and, and two-day trips. All right. Captain Frank Arcetti from H&M Landing in the Ranger 85. 
Thanks a lot for being with us. We look forward to talking to you again next Sunday night on Rod and Reel Radio. Thanks for having me on. See you guys. Thanks, Frank. See you, Frank. Hey, guys, we're going to take a break right now, but coming up next, he's the owner and lure designer of Hooked Up Baits. Chad Gerlich's going to be with us. He's already getting notes and fan mails that I'm getting on Messenger, so you're going to want to stay tuned. You're going to want to hear what Hooked Up Baits is all about. This is Rod and Real Radio on AM540 or at rodandreelradio.com. Stan, Wendy, and I will be back after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion. More. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect. Finally, a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. Are you looking for a quality fishing experience out of Cabo San Lucas for you, your family, and friends, but are a bit set back with just what company to go with? Rod and Reel Radio urges you to try American and family-owned Lands End Charters. Lands End Charters offer their clients affordable and all-inclusive services on a variety of vessels and trips. Fish with their brand-name fishing gear while experiencing the hospitality of a family-run business with over 50 years of experience. Go to LandsEndCharters.com to see all the current vessels and amenities available and call Cabo Greg or Jenny directly at 800-281-5778 when you're ready to get fishing. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Quantum Fishing's got something for everybody. From the smallest angler to the oldest veteran, we can get you out there fishing with the greatest reels on the market today. From the all-new for 2016 Icon PT to the Tour Mag to the brand-new redesigned Smoke Reel, we've got something for everyone in your family. Have some fun. Take a kid fishing. They're the future of our sport. Quantum, we are performance-tuned. You can get your Quantum products at anglersarsenal.com or anglersarsenal in the Mesa at 619-466-8355. Rod and Reel Radio is now available as a podcast you can subscribe to on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting app. Get notified as soon as new episodes are available, or go back and listen to our past shows. Browse through all of our archive shows at roddenreelradio.com slash archives, and click the subscribe button to get started listening now. Hi, this is BSS record holder Dean Rojas. 
El Cajon Ford helped me when I got started in my career, and let them help you with a new F-Series Ford truck. And remember, nobody beats El Cajon Ford. Southern California, welcome back to Rod and Real Radio. Stan Whitty and I, it is a pleasure to have you listening here tonight. Hey, our next guest, I've already received some fan uh, messages from him. This comes from uh, LH here in San Diego. He says, tell Chad I love to hook up baits. And as a woman, I've outfished so many with his jigs, and I'm dedicated to keep using them. I've caught everything from mackerel to yellowtail. Well, a lot of us out here, we may not know what hookup baits are all about, but we're going to find out all about it tonight. We've got the owner and chief designer for hookup baits with us, Mr. Chad Gerlich. Chad, welcome to Ron Real Radio, sir. Oh, what's a pleasure to be on with you guys. Good evening, everybody, on this soggy evening. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Wendy's about ready to uh, make a cast out her front door, and Stan, I'm sure you are too there in Simi Valley. Well, I got the boat been... hooked up to the to the front. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it's hey. coming down here in San Diego now too. So. Hey, Chad, before we start talking about hookup baits, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you evolved into the hook designer and the and took over as as owner of hookup baits to do what you're doing now. That's uh, quite a story. Uh, all starts when I was a kid, teenager, lived in the neighborhood. About 20 of us boys, rowdy boys, is a really great place to grow up in Chino, California. And our, our thing to do was fishing. I mean, it was really cool. That's what we did. We, the whole neighborhood was into fishing. Um, and we'd go to lake, local lakes and uh, golf courses, private lakes, you know, wherever we can get a line wet. And uh, that's what we did. We fished. And uh couple of the boys in the neighborhood, their dads had boats, so I was going out with them since, you know, from the age 12 till, you know, 20 years old with, you know, almost every weekend of the summer with either one of them, so a lot of ocean fishing, but our most, what we did was a lot of trout fishing. Um, around 15 years old, I ran into a guy named John Bill. Uh, he was the owner of Crappie John Finger Jigs. Oh, there um, we go. He, yeah, he introduced me to the, the, the tube jig world. You know, he was one of the first guys I know of that was out there making two jigs and, you know, catching fish on him and stuff. So he introduced me to him when I was about 15. By the age, you know, 16, 17, I was fishing pro staff for him. And uh, I was sponsored by a broad and reel shop. And that's where I got my start. And just and yet he made ocean jigs, you know. But then in my mid-20s, you know, John Bill passed away and Crappie John went away. And, you know, and I fished pro staff for multiple other companies through the years, you know, 30 plus years of tube jig fishing. And it's mainly trout waiting for somebody to make an ocean tube jig. And, uh, you know, and just finally, and then through these years, I got all these ideas of cutting the body different where it sinks different and has a better darting action with a pointed nose and have putting a realistic eye on it, you know, that would trigger bites from, you know, the more you know, finicky fish and all these ideas I had. And I just had it in my head for years and years, and it just uh, just about a year and a half ago, I met a great woman here in San Diego, and she basically gave me the opportunity to get these ideas out of my head and make hookup baits a reality. And it's just it's a dream come true. I can't be a happier man. That's well, excellent. Chad. Well, Crappie John, a lot of people don't know. It, 
the freshwater gets it. Bobby Garling came up with it years ago. Um, it took off mm-hmm. and, and ran its own uh, way for quite a while in the freshwater, and then they found out, you know, you could catch those suspended fish, the the calico and 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 the sand bass, whatever else, when they suspend, that was the bait of choice out there on the ocean. So it yeah. became a, a real tool for the guys that are fishing offshore here. And then the halibut guys got a hold of them, and, and it went nuts for their their fishing. And it, it's really something that the white sea bass eat them. Everything eats the tube, but people just never got it. Yeah, well, it was never known as a saltwater bait. Is just you know people do have two baits, a freshwater bait. You know it's. That's you know, just kind of how they went hand in hand, I guess. Chad Stan, you know, knew Gary Garland uh, for a long, long time. And as Stan uh-huh. said, he introduced a tube called the Tora tube. And uh, it was an extremely effective tube. But one of the things where it didn't make as big a splash and where the swim baits came into play was their longevity. The tube would work, but it was notoriously a one a fish type of a bait because the thing would get ripped up pretty big time, and it wasn't an inexpensive bait by any stretch of the imagination. So the Tora tube, you know, went more into the freshwater side, and guys like Don Ivino and Dan Warham, they uh, made a couple of videos about it, and it was marketed more out, you know, in the Midwest as a freshwater type of a bait. But it is an extremely effective bait for fishing saltwater. Now, what do, have you done, Chad, to this bait that makes it a little bit different than the tube type of bait set where you, you know, remember fishing with uh, 10, 15 years ago? Exactly. Well, you know, basically what I call it is a new age hybrid tube bait is basically what I designed. Um, I use, first of all, the first thing that does make them real durable, and, I mean, in, I fish the, the obviously the swim baits, the knobtail baits, all my life. Uh, when I was a kid, 18 to 19 years old, I worked uh, six-pack boats out of Newport, and at the same time, I was doing the mobile marine. I was a kid going around the marina scrubbing the bottom of boats, but at the same time, I was fishing every square inch of uh, Newport Bay with my swim baits, you know, and so I've had a lot of share of fishing my swim baits, and, and basically it's the, the high-grade plastic i use on these baits makes them very durable and uh and, and just from my experience the knobtail baits usually get three fish on a knobtail and you're pretty lucky three to five with my two baits i mean i fish san diego bait pretty much every week one day a week for the last year and a half and uh i mean i average 10 fish per bait there um, you go that's you know, pretty dead gum good yeah they are they're very durable. You know, sometimes I get up to twenty fish. Yeah, I just I like to see how many fish I can catch on a single bait. It's be like it's almost like a challenge. So it's pretty fun. But I average, you know, five to ten fish per bait. Um you know, this is talking talking bass. So they are very durable, actually a little bit more durable than a swim bait, um, I would say. But then it's just it's mainly the action of these baits that really are the the magic of them. Uh, you know, when I designed these baits, you know, when when my girl JoJo gave me the green light saying, hey, do it. You know, she, she she wanted me to move to San Diego with her and become a fishing guide. You know, she knew I loved fishing, and and she knew I was done with a career I was, you know, I was kind of over with the career I was doing. 
And she said, come to San Diego and be a, a fishing guide. I said, you know what? I can make a better bait than anybody's ever made. And she goes, really? I go, yeah, all the ideas are in my head. All I need is a chance. She said, do it. Um, she didn't have to tell me twice. I was living in Riverside at the time. I had a swim pool right outside my back door. I went back, ordered the, all the leadhead molds, the, the, the plastics, the melters, everything else, and I went into full uh, mad scientist mode for two months designing these baits and throwing them in the swimming pool until I got it to sink and retrieve and do everything I wanted to do. And then I started incorporating the realistic eyes, the bi-coloring, and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I put a lot of work into these baits to get them to do what they do. And the one main thing was the sink. You know, I always thought if you can get a bait that gets bit on the sink just as much as it does on a retrieve, you're going to double your bites of every cast or you double your chances of a bite every cast. With half the cast, you're letting it sink anyway. And that was one of the main things I was trying to, you know, doing different heads and different cuts to where I got that thing where it just uh, glides down instead of just sinking like a regular bait. And that's the main difference with these baits is how many bites you get on the drop with these baits. Well, that's you know, that, that's one of the things you just kind of gave away a secret there. Um, <laughs> this, this tube bait, it, it was made, you know, one of the best things about it. You could throw it out there in the arena where, you know, the, the fish may be up against brush line or whatever else, mm-hmm. and that slow sink of that tube bait was just the fish couldn't take it. I mean, I watched them come from oh, one yeah. side of a cove to another to get the thing the first time I ever saw them and first time yeah. I ever fished them. That was the key, and they and if you could almost throw it out there, let it hit the bottom, maybe twitch it twice, and if they don't eat it, pick it back up and throw it back out again in a different area and just let it sink. That That is one of the best fall baits that's ever been made. Yeah. Uh, and that's why it was so effective on suspended fish. But that exactly. once you get it there, popping it off the bottom doesn't get it, you know that it's just a different bait. But it really is a, an effective tool in your box. And I've you've got the one where the eye is built into the into the plastic, and you've got your own uh-huh. lead head, I think. Uh huh. So yeah. you know, I've, yeah. and I have not fished your baits yet, but I'm I promise you, I I'm going to give you a call because <laughs> <laughs> I have a I have an element here as uh, we go into the. The fishing season, I know this is really going to work well. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a, that's what they are very effective with any kind of saltwater bass. You know, all our saltwater bass, the spotted bay bass, the sand bass, calico bass, they all love to eat things on the drop or on the fall. Then also they're sticking close to structure most of the time. And when you're fishing a swim bait, by the time you get that bait swimming and you're coming over that structure, you're 10 to 20 feet above that structure. That fish has got to be real hungry to come off that structure and hit that bait. Where these baits, you know, the hookup baits get hit on the drop, you know, very effectively, and they're just dropping right in front of their faces. They can't help themselves but to suck that bait in. So, I mean, that's where they're extremely effective is for fishing structure. Hey, Chad, we got to take a break right now. Is there any way we yep. can get you to uh, stay over for another segment so we can talk more about hookup baits? Uh, of course. I'm, All I'd be right. happy to. Hey, you're listening to uh, Chad uh, Gerlich. He is the owner and designer of uh, the baits made by Hookup Bait Company. It's uh, 
a rather new brand, but uh, from what I've seen, it is a very effective bait. I've actually seen uh, Chad fishing with it, and I've got to tell you, he's had a lot of success himself. So have some of the other fishermen. If you want to find out more about hookup bait, stay tuned to Rod and Reel Radio. Stan, Wendy, and I will be back with Chad Gerlich after these messages. Amber Marine has been servicing boats and outboard motors for more than 30 years in the Newport Harbor area. They're a factory-authorized dealer for Tohatsu and Nissan outboards and also provide factory-authorized repair and service for all types of marine outboards. Located near the corner of 17th and Placentia Avenue, Amber Marine is at 786 Newton Way in Costa Mesa. Affordable boating and repair since 1982. 949-646-6918 and on the web at ambermarine.net. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specially heat treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California, boat California, save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Hey everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California, boat California, save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. On this wet, wintry night, we want to welcome you back to the warm confines of Rod and Reel Radio. Stan and I are happy, uh, and Wendy are happy to have you be with us tonight. We have with us right now, he's the owner and designer of uh, the baits made by Hookup Baits, Mr. Chad 
Gerlich and Chad, let's try to paint a, um, a, uh, a, a verbal painting, so to speak, of just exactly what one of the hookup baits look like. Now, we're all familiar, most of us, with getsits in the Torah tubes where they're mm-hmm. hollowed body, bodies, they have tentacles on the back. Rather um, uh, a flimsy type of design in a way. Uh, how is your tube bait designed and shaped that it's different than the, the tubes that we've been used to fishing in the past? Well, basically, I got the concept of it, you know, for years. I've been a trout tube jig fisherman for forever. Um, trying to mimic a tube jig for the ocean. I had my own boat for 10 years. You know, we fished Catalina almost pretty much every week and for 10 years straight, straight um, during the summer. And I ended up throwing a, a sluggo with a head cut off on a lead head. Yep. That's the closest thing I can get to a tube bait for the ocean. So, and I've caught everything on a sluggo and leadhead, you know, and and so that's kind of what when I came up with the idea of my bait, it was kind of a cross between a sluggo on a leadhead and a and a tube jig, you know, basic trout tube jig. So, and uh, that's where the cut of the the design cut came from, and the type of head I used, you know, was when I was throwing the sluggo on leadhead, I through the years, is I noticed if I had a realistic eye leadhead on that on there it just i seemed to get more bites and you know so i knew having a bait is gonna have to have a realistic eye on it so that's part of why i incorporated that onto my baits um but uh yeah it's just it's it's a tube jig but then i don't have all the squid glee tails on it it's just a single cut that i do on the tail that's a tapered cut that i designed and that's actually that that combination of that cut and the type of heads I use makes the sink of these baits just, you know, do what they do. And then, how, uh, how big are they and how much, what weight heads do you, do you have for your lead heads? Uh, basically, I have smalls, which are the 132nd and 16th ounce. Uh, that's your freshwater stuff mainly. And then I have what we call the medium jig, which is a 3-inch jig. Um, and I have those in one eighth and one quarter ounce. The one-eighth is more of like a freshwater bass. That's a great size for freshwater bass. The one-quarter is in really good in the bays. The spotted bay bass just cannot leave that three-inch one-quarter bait alone. And then we go to the large bait, which is probably my ver- most versatile saltwater bait. And those come in three-eighths and five-eighths ounce. Um, three-eighths is kind of like your heavy bay, light inshore. And then the five-eighths is... Your inshore, you know, calico, sand bass, everything else, uh, um, up to hundred, up to one hundred fifty feet depth. We fish with five eighths. Are those? And, uh, are those? Are they all three inches long, or are they longer than three? No, that the three eighths and five eighths is a four inch long bait. So, and yeah, it goes small, medium, large. And that's a two inch, three inch, and then four inch. And then we have what we call the big game jigs, which is a five inch, five inch jig, and those come in one and one and a half ounce. And then we got the extra big game, which is a three and a four ounce, and those are eight inch jigs. Wow! So, now, I, are these the already? We say we say oh, we get a, we got it covered from crappie to tuna. <laughs> Everything they, in that's there. pretty cool. Now, Chad, do yeah. they come already pre-rigged, or do they come with yeah, they, the uh, the blank bodies, and the fishermen have to rig them themselves? No, they, the the smalls and mediums come in a pack of three. And you open the pack, tie it on, and 
you're ready to go. All three of them are ready to fish right out of the pack. And then the large and big games come in a pack of two. Same thing. Uh, right in the pack, ready to fish, both of them. So, All right. Yeah, they're ready to go. There's no rigging involved. Now, one of the so. things that uh, were very limiting when uh, uh, fishing with the, the tube baits that are either hand dip or uh, injection molded to, to some respect is is uh, coloring them. I know the garlands, mm-hmm. they were the, um, uh, the pioneers in actually painting plastics and getting paints to actually stick on the 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 plasticizers uh, and, and make them two tone. What do you do when mm-hmm. it comes to taking your lures and coloring them to to look like some of the different bait fish that uh, you know are uh, the the forage for the the fish that you're fishing for? Yeah, we got a uh, nine different colors we pour them in. Um, basically, the the, bo- the body colors we have three. We have silver, gold. And white is the main body colors, but then there's nine different colors that we put on the, the top side. Um, and it's all plastic. It's no painting. So it's all hand-dipped and hand-plastic colored. So okay. it's, uh, there's special tooling that I had to actually develop and make myself. And, you know, as we grew, I had to retool and then retool again and retool again <laughs> so I can make more at a time with the tooling. But it's all stuff I've made myself and, uh, you know, designed and it's all it's all patent or patent pending. All of it, all the tooling and process I've, I've designed. So. Now, is the back of the the tube is it open so that you can stick scents and other things in there, or is it sealed up? No, it it is open. There's there's basically where the hook sits. You know, the hook sits about the midway of the top side of the body. So from the hook back, there is a a, a slit in the in the body. You know, to give movement and give it its taper. And right, what that does is right underneath the hook, it gives it a nice pocket to the, any kind of gel scent. You, you just, you know, squirt it right in that pocket underneath the hook, and that holds that scent, you know, like no other bait ever has held scent. It is it is perfect for fishing a gel scent. That's that's another key thing with these baits. Wow. And, and with regards to the durability, uh, again, mm-hmm. we're used to fishing tubes that get ripped up pretty easily, and we got to keep a, a whole box full. You say that there's a... A certain amount of durability that uh, even uh, toothy fish uh, 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 don't necessarily affect it as much as a, a regular tube bait. Well, the worst thing on these baits is a trigger fish. And we went down to Cabo. <laughs> <laughs> we went to Cabo, and we caught all kinds of fish. We caught rooster fish on them. We caught pompano, sierras. I mean, we just snappers. We caught, I think we did fish two days, and we caught 17 species. But the trigger fish just—they make Swiss cheese of your bait. So it's you're gonna fish somewhere where there's trigger fish, bring a lot of bait, basically. Well, that's that goes Um, without saying. If you're you go to Guadeloupe or any place where there's rock, and you throw that thing up against that arena, especially in Mexico, there's all kinds of that rudder fish and trigger fish out there that have that little row of teeth that'll take a nice little curved chunk out of anything plastic. Exactly. You know, Stan and Wendy, I've got to tell you, I was uh, sponsoring a tournament that the Saltwater Bass Series had down here in San Diego a couple of weeks ago, and uh, Chad and his partner showed up, and they started uh, uh, talking to Jerry Mayhew, the tournament director, about the baits and the variety of baits and the variety of fish that you can catch with it and everything, and I was not 
that familiar with the baits. I know Jerry was not familiar, so we were we were listening literally with bated breath, and this is like at uh, 3.30 in the morning with uh, Chad coming in and talking about all the things he was going to fish with. And I think your partner, um, uh, Chad, made the comment, he says, one of the greatest things about fishing the bait is not having to stop at the bait barge every time oh, yeah. you go out of San Diego Bay. I've got something that I know I can catch fish on, and I guess you have a bait here that uh, works in a lot of different areas, whether you're fishing the kelp, whether you're fishing the rocks, whether you're fishing deep, or you're fishing the pylons like you and your uh, uh, your partner mm-hmm. were doing in that San Diego Bay tournament. Yeah, and, and trolling. I mean, that's the uh, when you fish a jig, you know, especially these type of jigs, they are so versatile. I mean, you can cast them, you can vertical jig them, you can troll them, um, you can fish it top water, you can fish it deep. I mean, a jig is just so versatile, and you can fish it in so many different ways. And especially a jig like this, they run very straight. So I troll them, you know, up to six miles an hour, and they just go through the water like a bullet. I mean, and I'll be- tell you what, the guys that fish trout and, and go to the Sierras, this is a tool. That you've got to have in your tackle box. Oh yeah, for sure. This, you can, I, like I, you said, troll this, throw it at. You can throw it at the rocks. You can sit out outside on your on your boat and throw it up against the shoreline and work it all the way back down to you. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's a it, it's got a lot of things you can do with this bait and catch fish on, and and everything will eat it. I mean, literally everything eats them. Chad, what experience yeah, do you have with uh, trout, whether it be rainbows or brown trout, using this bait? Uh, and what colors do you suggest? Well, just, uh, I think it was three weeks ago, New Year's weekend, me and my girl went up to Pyramid Lake, Nevada. And uh, it was actually slow fishing for everyone we we're talking to, but we caught six to seven trout every day. Um, my biggest was a 10-and-a-half cutthroat, and almost every fish was five to seven pounds, what they all averaged. But... Um, that's the beauty of pyramid. What's that? That's the beauty of pyramid. What colors did you throw? Or that troll? One sixteenth black and gold. Black and gold. The black and gold I make just is absolutely deadly on trout. No matter where you go, I caught a. So far, just this season, I caught a thirteen pound trout at Dixon on the black and gold one thirty second. Then the ten and a half uh, cutthroat at Pyramid on the sixteenth black and gold, but. And then and, and just hundreds of other trout on the black and gold in just the last year. Um, so probably my number one trout color would be the black and gold. Um, and then the brown and gold is the other very good one. And, and then, then, uh, and then uh, as I said, I was at this event where you came in. You were talking about fishing your baits. I also want to let people mm-hmm. know that you came in, you and your partner came in second in a spotted yep. bay bass tournament that was pretty tough fishing. And you guys did really pretty well. I, I was uh, duly impressed. Uh, in fishing the bay, what type of colors do you find work well in the bay, Chad? Um, actually, that day I was kind of talking to a lot of the anglers afterwards. You know, you've seen only half the field got a limit of five spotties. That day we caught 11 legal bass that day. I mean, so we, were, we had a limit by 8 o'clock in the morning. And we're culling fish the rest of the day. I mean, so, and that was. Really, that was our second tournament together, me and my buddy. Um, only other tournament I fished was a Western Elite and then the Open Bay Bass last year. So we were really new to the tournament scene, and uh, we're doing pretty good So with the, being new to the tournament fishing. Um, but in the bay, 
I would say the Toby is always a solid color. That's my that's a silver with a, a smoke on top with a purple flake in it. So it's it's it, it looks like an anchovy, and it's just that three inch or four inch anchovy color is always consistent. I make a red crab that it's the exact color of a red crab, and when the red crab has been around, you know, within the last two weeks, they just eat that red crab like it's candy. Um, so, I mean, then when it's real bright outside, I have a sartreuse, which is sartreuse is always a good color, you know, when it's real bright out. And then when the sun gets low, I have a, what, the, what I call white shad. That white color gets hit real good in the low low light. So, um, But really, I get, I get asked this question all the time. What is the best color? All nine of them catch fish. <laughs> it just it depends on the situation that day, really. Uh, now, when you're, uh, you know, we talked about fishing in the bay, but I've seen a lot of pictures where you're actually uh, out beyond the bay. You've got yellowtail. Uh, LH mm-hmm. has uh, told us she's caught yellowtail on that. How are you fishing that bait? Are, are you trolling it? Are you casting it? Are you letting it sink? Uh, uh, how is that working for uh, those fish outside uh, offshore? Well, I've gotten, you know, as we're talking yellowtail, um, we went to Cedros Island early last summer, and all those were yo-yo fish. I was fishing a one and a half, just like you would fish a yo-yo bait, a uh, yo-yo iron, but just going about half the speed. So you're basically doing half the work as we're doing a regular yo-yo on iron and catching just as much or even more as everyone else that was there with us on the trip. So it works yo- doing yo-yo style. And then Coronados, we hit a lot this year on our you know Freedom Boat Club membership. We fish the Coronados a lot. And we would slow troll them, just like you would slow troll a sardine, a live sardine, which slow troll about four miles an hour, get bite, you know, so we get a lot on the slow troll, and then once we get the one on the slow troll, then we start just reel that, you're trolling, reel, you know, reel that jig in your trolling, and then start casting, and then we start catching them that way. So that was very effective. And then uh, just a couple weeks ago, we were out just right out in front of Mission Bay and uh, out there just bass fishing, and on the drop, I hooked that uh, 32-pound yellowtail just out bass fishing so <laughs> it's, it's really easy to be in the right place at the right time when you're eating a bait that every fish likes to eat so yeah um, on those baits that you're using for those uh, fish chad uh, uh how about the hooks and everything well you know because i've seen pictures uh of you fishing tuna big yellowtail uh, mm-hmm. going down to baja and fishing some it looks like some pargo and things like that how uh, uh-huh. how do those hooks and the uh, the rigs uh hold up when it comes to those type of fish yeah every hook is uh made with an owner's hook we we're in a in business with owner hooks so everything is 100 percent owner hooks with us um so we got a quality hook on everything and you know i, I tend to what i found is i try to use the smallest hook on these bases i can get away with keep it low profile and uh and the three-eighths bait, this is for an example, we went to Florida, tarpon fishing. The tarpon just absolutely love these baits. And I caught a 100-pound tarpon on the three-eighths bait, which is a two-aught hook. So wow. it held a 100-pound tarpon, no problem. That 32-pound yellowtail I just caught a couple weeks ago was on a five-eighths bait, which is the same hook, which is a 2-0 hook. Um, but then you go into the big-game hooks, our big-game baits, and those have a 3X strong hook. So those hooks, which is a five-aught hook and those, that's a 3X, those are going to handle any fish and 
in our co- on our coast. You know, no problem with those ones. Um, and no problem so, fishing them with spectra or anything like that, because a lot of times, no stretch and spectra, you can put a lot of pressure on those hooks. Uh, do you fish them with spectra? Do you fish them with mono? Do you do the kelp cutter rig or all the above? Yeah, I, I do uh, every single rod, even from trout all the way up to my biggest rod. I do have I fish a braided line to a floral leader. So, um, yeah, so I fish uh, braided on everything. But but about a six to eight foot floral leader. I do every rod the same, from small to big. uh, Chad, it sounds exciting. Uh, The baits uh, made by Hookup. Uh, I know that you have a few stores where they're set up already. Where can people find them on the retail side here in Southern California? Yeah. Um, Also, I want to mention that. Over the year, we logged all the fish that we caught on these baits, and we have logged over 100 fish with a single bait in one year that uh, me or one of my friends have caught. So that's a, that's something that's just crazy. You mean that, the same bait, same color, same size? I mean the exact same no, just, bait? No, just uh, the, any of the hookup baits. Just okay. Me fishing, fishing a hookup bait for a year straight, we've caught 100 different species on that. Oh, um, okay. look at sure. In one year, yeah. I mean, it's just, so using one product and catching 100 different species in one year is, you know, unheard okay. of. You and know, I know so. you got, you've got you got them available in some stores here. Tell us uh, uh, a few yeah, of the outlets um, where you can find hookup baits. The easiest right now is our online store at hookupbaits.com. We have a really nice uh, online store there, and we do one-day priority shipping. So uh, if you live here in San Diego and you order a bait today, by you know late tomorrow maybe the next morning you'll have it so we, we do really quick shipping um and then we have just uh right now this is the small jigs for trout jigs we have them at east county bait and tackle um lake jennings and lake poway right now um no one's carrying our medium and large jigs right now it's just uh there's so much handmade work going into these jigs where the profit margin that retail wants us to be at, we can't be there. So we have that, that part going on. And also where we're selling so many online right now, it's, we're really not wanting to go to that profit margin type thing that you have to do with retail. So, um, but if there's somebody that's yeah, like the places that are carrying them now is, you know, the ones that wanted them bad enough to agree with the, the margins that we're willing to sell them at. And hopefully we'll have more, uh, Shops coming up, coming on, and you know, carrying them for us. Well, I'm looking at the uh, order form here right now for Angler's Arsenal, and uh, I know we'll pl- be putting in some as soon as we get our people uh, a little more information on the colors and the sizes and everything else like that. But if yeah. people want to see what you have online and and check out the colors again, Chad, where's the best place to go? Hookupbaits.com is the best place to go. And then also, a lot of the fish uh, that you can see, uh, you've documented that. You have a Facebook page where uh, people can go to, and is is that the same thing? Yes. Uh, yeah, you go to my Facebook. You could do, do Facebook, of uh, Hookup Baits on Facebook, or to my personal Facebook. I post on both of them a lot. It's just Chad Grillick on uh, Facebook. And, uh, and I'm very 
easy to share information with. I'm not one of those guys who keep a lot of secrets and stuff, you know, so I get it every day where I get asked, you know, what kind of setup should I use? Where could I, I'm going here, where should I fish? All this kind of stuff. I get questions like that every day, and I'm very happy to answer them. You know, I just, I really enjoy seeing people catch fish on my baits, and, you know, that's what really gets me going. All right. So. Hey, Chad Garlic from Hookup Baits, thanks a lot for being with us and giving up some of your Sunday night to share the information with us. Oh, it's my pleasure. You guys are great. Great show you got. All right. And I, <laughs> I want to thank San Diego Anglers has just been a huge supporter of Hookup Baits. You know, you had Dwayne oh, on yeah, here. Oh, yeah, they love you. Yeah, San Diego Anglers is a great supporter. Um, and also, you know, Anglers Chronicles has been a big supporter of Hookup Baits also and Owner Hooks. So, and then uh, San Diego Rod and Reel. You know, being members of all these clubs has really helped us out and get the baits to people, you know, to fish and everything else. So, well, all, wanna, a good, all a good group to, to be associated with. All right. Yeah, they're hey, great people. Chad, we got to jump oh. off for now. We will appreciate you spending some time with us, and we look uh, forward to fishing the hookup baits here in the future and, and bringing in some great fish. Thanks a lot again, sir. I'd love to share, share the rail with you and show you some tips. And thanks for having me on the show. All right. Hey, this is Rod and Reel Radio on AM 540. Uh, stay tuned. There's still more Rod and Reel Radio to come after these messages. Captain Chris Randall from Chief Sports Fishing. And Captain Chris, tell us about what's happening on the Chief. It's here, and it's time to go on the Chief. For those of you who are not familiar with the vessel, she's an 85 by 24 deluxe sport fisher that offers a wide variety of open party trips, ranging from one to five days in length. We're also available for private group charters. The Chief's onboard anemones include a fully remodeled galley with comfortable seating for 25, twin flat screen TVs with hundreds of movies, two roomy indoor heads with fresh hot water showers, stateroom and open berthing areas, an impressively large deck area, 200 scoop bait capacity, we have twin 6 ton spray brine fish holds to keep your catch fresh, and our professional courteous crew will go the extra mile to make your trip a memorable one. To view our schedule, log on to H&M Landing at www.hmlanding.com or feel free to give them a call at 619-222-1144. You can also follow us on Facebook and at our webpage at Chief Sport Fish Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ringed hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hey, Bass Fisherman, who do you call for your Bass Boat Insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the Bass Boat Program that is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, 
your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call 1-800-227-7262 or just spell BASSBOAT. 1-800-BASSBOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASSBOAT, the choice of the pros for BASSBOAT insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California, boat California, save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we do indeed welcome you back to Raw and Real Radio. Hey, at the beginning of the show, Stan was talking a little bit about checking out tires. And I know all of us, we go to great lengths to check out tires for our vehicles, that not only ourselves, but our families travel on for their safety. But when it comes to putting tires on a trailer, eh, maybe not so much. We figure all they have to do is be round and roll and, and go with that. But, Stan, you've been doing some work, and it seems like uh, you might have some suggestions for us when it comes to uh, trailer tires. And for that matter, since you're in, in the insurance business, car tires, too. Well, mostly I was looking for trailer tires. You can go to your local um, tire dealer, and there's there's only there's not like there's a hundred different trailer tires out there that that are made for uh, towing. And and the guys that really have the tire dealerships know which ones will work best. So you can get radios and non radios, but the radios probably will work best for our bass boats and the boats we're going back and forth to the ocean with. One thing you've got to you know take uh, into consideration is what kind of weight you're putting on it, and ask the tire dealer what you, which ones that they think you should use. And don't cheat yourself when you're doing this. By the way, that's that's not a good thing to do. Get something that's going to last. Uh, your trailer tires, you know, you may not have to change them for years, but make sure you get a good one, and uh, and do it once. Um, your car tires, or your truck tires, or your SUV tires. If you're like me and you're towing a boat and you're going in and out of a lot of different arenas or you're a hunter and you like to go off-road or just on dirt roads, not so much off-road, um, when you get into SUVs, you know, your your all-terrain tires are definitely the best thing for you if, you, if you're just talking about a Yukon or a, or a Tahoe or something in that region and you don't want to spend a lot of money. I think Kelly Tires had the best one. Going and I put them on my truck for quite a while. Very sticky tire. They're, they've got one called a Safari and the other one called an Edge. That are really really good for our purposes out here. Dry, we dry uh, roads are for the most part. But when you get into the mud and ice or snow and and rain like we're having now, uh, you really want something that has a sticky edge, and that's an, an, a a well priced tire for pretty much every day off-road and on-the-road on uh, tire. But the one that I really have found works the best, and I, after doing all the research, is Goodyear's Wrangler All-Terrain Adventure Tire. They've got uh, a tire that um, 
is really, if you look at the ratings on tires, they have all kinds of things, but, you know, I have a dry tax, and 10 is, is, is the best, and 1 is the least, and on their ratings for these things, they have a dry, tr- dry traction rating of 10, wet traction uh, rating of 10, snow traction of 8, off-road traction of 8, ride and comfort of 8, and quietness of 9, because so, a lot of those off-road tires are, are pretty noisy if you get them with too much oh, yeah. of a gap in there. They also offered, I mean, the, the, that particular tire is, uh, it's really, really good on, on wet uh, traction, which that's really what you're looking for with a boat um, and pulling. And you need something with some sidewall uh, structure. They have what they call Dura-Wall uh, technology on the sidewalls. They've got a, they've got a Kevlar uh, layer that they put on their tire to give it some rigidity. Um, so it'll it 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 lasts a lot longer. Um, they got great edges that'll actually throw the water away or mud or, or rock away from the the vehicle, which is what you need. And it's great for control of your your vehicle when you're in wet weather like we have right now. So uh, they even offered a 30 day. Uh, pledge of, of uh, if you don't like it, you can bring it back and swap it for any other Goodyear tire, wow. and they'll do it for nice. free, which is pretty wild. And, and if you buy that particular tire, you get free roadside assistance program. you got a free off-road assistance program, a nationwide warranty, so you can go to any dealer and not have any hassles with it. And you you can do it online, register your tire after you buy, after you buy it. But I think for 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 the most part, I've never had any situation where I came through that uh, had anything like this with a, for a tire rating, but their tires have been so good. I put them on my, this last round on my truck. I'm so glad I had them on there today, and I'm getting ready to buy another set. But they are far and away from what I can find the best tire for just all purpose for my trucks or your SUV or whatever, you're, if you're pulling a boat or you're just going in and out of of uh, nasty weather like we're having now, perfect. And now, uh, Stan, are these all season type tires? Because you know we have a lot of friends that are traveling up to Lake Shasta. You know, coming up this weekend to, to fish the you know Wild West Bass, and the FLW is going to be in there. And it looks like we're in for a really rainy, uh, slushy, sleety type of season. These tires work well that's, in these conditions? That's exactly what these were. Are, uh, this is why I choose these tires. They've got great dry traction, like I said. If you've got a, a rating of 1 to 10, and they have, that's industry-wide. They are a 10 for dry and a 10 for wet and an 8 for for snow and off-road. And, uh, and they're also quiet and comfortable to, to ride in, which they don't bounce you around a lot. They're, I think they're the best all-purpose put put on your car and go anywhere or your truck or go anywhere tire on the market right now. And they're perfect for what we're dealing with. Um, uh, I I run. Uh, I'm sponsored by the GMC dealer here in in, uh, in town, Simi Valley GMC. They're into fishing. That I'm kind of the head of their their fishing team for GMC now working, maybe we're going to deal a little further along the way with them, uh, in the future. But, uh, I was in the last couple of days here with all of this rain that we've had finally coming through here. Um, they have a little button you can push on the truck called stable, uh, stable track 
greatest thing since sliced bread, man. You push the thing and you don't do that, all that slipping around and sliding on the on the freeways of life and going through all that water. But the tires really make a difference. And these things, I think, all in all, this Goodyear Wrangler All-Terrain Adventure tire with the Kevlar in it has been a phenomenally great uh, tire. Best one I've ever had. All right, Stan. Well, I think uh, we're going to have to leave it at that for now. Uh, Wendy, I hope you have an adventure coming up this week. It, it sounds like uh, you're going to be fishing that Bay Bass Tournament, and maybe we'll be uh, looking forward to a firsthand report from you on the winner of the tournament. How about that? Sounds good. I'm looking forward to it. I haven't fished it in a while, and uh, I'm pretty excited. Yeah. Well, just go out and win it, Win. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> and Stan, good luck to you. Uh, from what it seems, it looks like uh, both uh, Casitas and Castaic are finally receiving some water, and uh, I know they're bypassing a lot of the water past uh, uh, Castaic, but let's hope uh, they start filling that thing up. Well, you know, they're finally getting water in Casitas. I'll tell you next Sunday how I do. Our first tournament is uh, Saturday, and I'm hoping to get a chance to go free fish. All right. Hey, on behalf of Stan and Wendy, also Jorge and the AM540 Studios, Ben Harvey, our local producer here in San Diego, and always in memory of Big Tuna Bill and Eddie McEwen, we want to thank you for listening tonight, giving up part of your Sunday night to be with us. Hope you think we made it worth your while. Check with us again next Sunday night on AM540 or at RoddenReelRadio.com for always the latest and most interesting aspects of fishing here in Southern California. So until then, I'm Hopalong John Cassidy. You guys stay safe. Dodge those raindrops. We want to look forward to you tuning in again with us next Sunday night. So until then, we're out for now. Good night, everybody. To your place, you gone fishing. Ah, you know. But there's a sign upon your door. Uh Ah, gone fishing. I'm real gone.